Welcome to Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. My name's Andrew, I'm one of the pastors here at Oak Ridge, and we are so excited to have you join us today. So grab your Bible and then your iPad, a notebook, pens, pencils, whatever it is that will help you get the most out of today's sermon, and please enjoy our Sunday message. Good morning. Isn't it just great to be here this morning? where we can come and sing praises to the Lord and to really see the blessings of God. Um, I want to show you some of our work in Paraguay. Many of you know that we are missionaries in Paraguay. We've been going to Paraguay actually for the last 15 years. And normally we go um, in the winter time here, summertime there, and we normally go for two months. And we go and do various camps down in Paraguay for teenagers, mainly for uh, indigenous people, as well as for the Spanish people there. And we also um, have it for the Mennonite German kids from the age of 13 to 19. And it's just been a great joy to see so many of these young people coming to the Lord. This year alone in the camps, we'd seen over 79 people come to the Lord. 79 team, first time decisions. And that to me is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. My wife and I, whenever we go down there, of course we go down and we have a tremendous time. You can see up on the screen there, you will see that there's a, a photo of uh, Paraguay. I hope you can see it here, it's very uh, dull up here. But here you see a picture of Paraguay. We work in Ascension, and we also work in a place called Loma Plata, Philadelphia, and we also in, um, uh, in Encarnacion, which is in the south, we have a, a Bible school there called Sam South American Missionary Missions. And so I go and I teach there, and I'm going there again in June and for July, so if anyone would like to come with me, you're more than welcome, and uh, we're gonna go down there. In the next picture, you'll see that uh, we never seem to travel light. That van is full of six bags of stuff. And uh, we travel and uh, we take clothing down to the orphanages, we take clothing to people on the streets, and so on. The next one. And so this year, the theme was heaven. And many kids really don't understand about heaven. Most of us don't understand about heaven. We just know that we've accepted the Lord and that one day we're going to heaven. So we explored what is heaven, where is heaven. And we, we explored all things about heaven. And it was just tremendous to see many of the kids that wanted to know more about what heaven was all about. Next one. So here you see that we have all these kids. We had over 400 uh, kids in total that came and was part of the camp for us. Some of you also sponsored some of the kids to come because a lot of the Spanish kids and the indigenous kids cannot afford to come. And so therefore, some of you had sponsored some of these kids to come, which we really thank you for, because without that, we could never have had a successful camp as what we have. Next. And so we also teach these kids to have what is known as a quiet time, and the importance of a quiet time. We send them out so that they can be by themselves with their word, with the Bible, and they have a time with the Lord. And we have this time, and it's called a shush time. And shush time is very important because with shush time, it means that you are alone with God, really understanding who God is. 
And so that's really uh, good in that sense. Next one. And then, of course, we also have a time where we put them into groups where they can also discuss what they have learned about heaven. And we talk about what heaven is, and they will go and discuss it and share all about um, their faith. Next one. So here we, we have a, an auditorium that was given to us, and we've been able to use this auditorium to uh, have these kids come. And it's a resort that we have that we can use. And with this resort, it has been tremendous to see um, even the owners of the resort come to some of the meetings and take it in and learn about who Jesus is. Next. Here you see some of the kids uh, that I interact with. We do a lot of counseling with them. And a lot of these kids, let me tell you, have gone through a lot of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse. And so we are there to help them and to encourage them in many ways to come and give everything to Jesus. Next one. So here you are, you're seeing some of these kids uh, enjoying uh, some of the time together. We also have recreation outside. Next. Discover. This is the first group. Now, we had four camps. This is the first group that we had. And this first group was just a tremendous, tremendous time, really getting to know some of these kids and understanding some of their problems and difficulties. It has been amazing to see how many of them say, please, can we talk with you? Please, can we share with you some of the abuses that we've gone through? Young girls, young boys who have been abused. Abuse in Latin America is very high, and it's very, very sad. And so, being there, it has just been tremendous to help them and to bring them through these things. Next one. Esther had made a quilt. This is a quilt that Esther had made for, to give to the founders of Discover. These are um, 15 of the T-shirts that we had, and so she made this quilt and gave it to them as a gift to say thank you for your service in doing this. They have handed over the leadership to Marcus Meradini, and so now Marcus and I are working close together for next year's camp already. Next. Then we go into what we call the boonies. I call them the boonies because I tell you, we drove and drove and drove, and I thought, where are we going? And at the end of this road, there was a home, and in this home lived a couple, and they'd asked specifically if we would do a Bible study with them. And so we went, and we did a Bible study with them in mainly Spanish. How many of you here speak Spanish? Hablo españoles. Sí, acapí. Ah, muy bien. So, yo pienso, necesito para mí solamente en español, ¿eh? This is better. And all the others, you'll have to have a translation. But here we, we did a Bible study in Spanish. We had a great time. And this couple said they had been visited by the Mormons. They had been visited by the Jehovah's Witnesses. But they couldn't get answers to their questions. So they'd ask this pastor, please, do you know someone who can come and give us some answers to our questions? And so they sent me. Of all people in the world, they sent me. And so we went, we sat down, we went through scriptures. And at the end of our Bible study, they turned around and said, now we are ready to accept Jesus as our Savior. How do we do this? 
And so I led them in the sinner's prayer, and now they are going to a church regularly, and they are literally enjoying the Word of God. Next one. Here we have an indigenous lady. She comes and works for a lady that we were staying with, and she lived out on, in, in like the reserve, and so that's where she was. And so then she turned around and she saw Esther making her blanket. Uh, as you know, Esther makes a lot of these blankets. And she gave it to this indigenous lady and she cried. She was so happy to receive something from the Western world, but not only that, something that was handmade and something that will keep her warm in the winter. Now, warm in the winter means that it gets down to about 20. And they put blankets on. And we're trying to push off blankets. But we were in weather of 47, 48. It was the highest it went this year was 53. And I thought, Lord, have mercy on us. We were in a room that was air-conditioned, and we thank God for that. But here's an indigenous lady. She comes and cleans. She gets paid $25 a day, and she cleans the house, does the washing, and a bit of cooking. Next. So here we're on a highway, and we're taking the highway uh, to the next town. And this is literally called a highway. Next. And so, of course, as we were traveling through the, to a, a, um, an orphanage and a school, we passed the bottle tree, which is on one side. We passed uh, lots of desert sort of thing. Next. Until we came to the orphanage and the school. Now, the school needs help. And why do I say that? Well, we need colored pencils, crayons. We need things like this. These things, they can get down there, but they are not of good quality, and they don't last very long. And so we need in school supplies. We need crayons. We need all kinds of uh, writing notepads, uh, binders, uh, not big binders, but the small binders, the duotangs, and things like that. So if you have any lying around your home you're not using anymore, or crayons or anything like that, please give them to Esther so that we can take them down in June. They need all kinds of things. They even have their own cups. You see those on the wall there, on the one slide there. You'll see they have cups so that they can go out and have a drink of cold water every so often. We have 90 kids in this school. It costs $80 a month to keep these kids in the school. And so not only do they come to the school, but they stay in the school. They have their own rooms. Next. And here you see uh, the kitchen that we have. It's not a very modern kitchen. I don't know how many of us would survive if we had a kitchen like this. In India, we had kitchens like this. That was no problem. But in South America, this is what they're like too. Next. This is a water cooler. So they get a nice stainless steel pot. They put it inside a fridge. They turn it on. They put all these coil around. And then the kids can go out and get their water from here. And there it is. So there's a little tap at the side, and you go and get some cold water and have to drink throughout the day. Next. This is the little chapel that um, Dr. Uh, Tubes had um, built, and this was for the kids on the property of the orphanage. And Dr. and Mrs. Tubes hold services for the kids in the chapel here, and they talk about Jesus. Pray for Dr. and Mrs. Tubes whenever you think about them. And uh, just pray that God will use Mrs. Tooze as she's down there quite often. Next. So here you see some of the kids. And these uh, kids are just so excited. We took a lot of clothing down with us. And one of the guys saw these nice winter boots. 
So he tried them on and he said, I want them, I want them. And so we kind of thought, what do we do here? And so eventually the young boy got those boots. Next. Here's some of the clothing that we take down. And I'm going, as I say, in June, we're going to take down another six bags, I will, of clothing and uh, distribute these to the homeless and to the orphanages and so on. Next. Beds and chairs. Now, you're probably thinking, why have I got those there? Because we're in need of beds. To get a bunk bed like this costs $150, and we need some more beds because more children are coming. We need more chairs. A chair like this costs $25. So I was able to get some beds and some chairs made up so that they can already start their classes. Next. Wheelchairs. We even can get wheelchairs and get them sent down there. And so they were so excited to get these wheelchairs because they, they need them for some of the patients that are in the hospital that have nothing. Next. And so here you see some more of the kids. This is a form of transportation on the back of a truck. Let's just get on the back of the truck and let's go. And that's what they used to do. Next. Having something to eat together or getting work together done or some activity. Next. And when they saw me coming, they decided that they would do a nice Star of David with their hands. I don't know how many of you can see that, but it's, it's quite light up there, but here I can see. Very nice. And the, they said, the Jewish pastor's coming. And so they greeted us like this. Next. Form of transportation going through some of the streets. They have a motorbike and they have three or four people on a bike. Next. And then, of course, we like to have people come to work with the children. There's a lot of work to be done amongst the children. There's a lot of construction work to be done. There's lots of things to be repaired. And if you feel that you would like to come with me next year, I'll take you. We'll go in January, February. I'll take you. You can come, bring your hammers, your saws, and everything else, and we can do some repairs. Next. This is Mrs. Tooves and, um, and Esther and I, and we just have a great time with Mrs. Tooves. She used to live in Winnipeg. Her husband was a doctor in Winnipeg. They gave up everything to go there to uh, work in Loma Plata in Paraguay. Next. A saddle. I love a saddle. I don't know about you folks, but I love an asado, a good asado. And so here we were getting ready for a nice asado. Look at, the, look at that piece of meat that Esther's eating. You probably can't see it. It's so thick, I didn't even think she was going to cut it. Next. So here we are having another time with another group of people that's called DRIME. And DRIME is an organization that does drama and mime in the streets of Paraguay, and especially in Ascension, working with, with the drug addicts, working with the uh, homeless people, and so on. And DRIME is about discipleship. And so they wanted to know about discipleship. Here's some young people who knew very little about discipleship, and yet they were trying to teach discipleship. And they said, please, can you come and teach us about discipleship? And so I went on the Sunday evening, and we just talked about discipleship and what discipleship was all about. And this was a tremendous opportunity to pour into the lives of these people. Now they've asked in June when I come if I would spend a week and teach on discipleship, evangelism, and the Word of God. I am amazed to see how many people really don't understand or really don't read the Word of God. And so I've given them a challenge between now and June. Next. 
These are my little friends. They crawl all over the wall. They crawl all over the place. And they just become your pets. And you just like them. You just love them. I hate them. Next. <laughs> um, I'm hoping you can hear this one, but I'm not sure if you will be able to. But we had a lot of... Um, uh, what do you call them, pencil crayons and in tins. And I was able to get these tins and we put them in there. Does that play, Susan? No? Okay. So here we have some tins that I had uh, given down at the orphanage and to the school, and they just love them. That one of the kids turned around and says to the guy beside him, you touch my tin, I cut your fingers off. <laughs> you touch my tin, I'll cut your fingers off. And so they, I said, well, let's put your names at the back. And so that's how they would do. And it was just tremendous to see that these kids were really excited to get the simplest things, such as pencil crayons, such as coloring books, such as things like this. And they were just so delighted. So if you have anything like this hanging around your home that you no longer wish to have, you wish to declutter, you can clutter my home for a while, and we will take them down with us in June and next January. So we want to say thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for standing with us. Without you, we could not do this work. Without you, we could do nothing. We need each other, especially when it comes to the work of the Lord. I want to quickly just also share with you about crossing the line, the finishing line. Thank you. And this is so important. And um, let's, if you will, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 5 to 10. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on, on me that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas has loved this present world, has deserted me, and gone. When I think of this passage, crossing the line. We are in a battle. But not only are we in a battle, we're also in a marathon. A marathon that's very important. When I think of a marathon, there is a goal that, that has been set by the runners. They prepared their mind for it. They're ready for the actual race. Much preparation, exercise, sacrifice has been paid for that athlete to, to run that race. In the next several hours, of the race will be, uh, will be paid off for all the training that he's put into this. Whenever we go down to Paraguay, we put a lot of training and effort and preparation in going. Whenever I go down there, I know that I'm going to be speaking. And I spend hours and hours and hours preparing different messages for young teenagers, for young children, for older churches. And one of the biggest things that I'm seeing as I go to Paraguay, even in Chile, is that people are hungry for the Word of God. They are hungry to know who God is. They are hungry to understand who Jesus is. So I put a lot of preparation into things. You know, when I think of the marathon runner who has to note the proper diet, 
running shoes, the type of things he needs for crossing that finishing line. I have to note things that are very important for me so that I can put things into the right perspective. The churches, that's why I always ask them, please tell me something about the church I'm coming to. Please tell me about the youth group I'm coming to. On the last day or so before coming back to Canada, I was in a small Baptist church. And in this small Baptist church, there was a lot of young people. And many of them didn't even know the gospel of Jesus Christ because they were not being taught. And I found out that even the pastor is not being trained. He just started this church by himself because he didn't like the church he was going to. But it's not in the word of God. He doesn't study. And you pick up the word of God and begin to read it. And they say, this is what I think it says, but I'm not sure. And it's very sad. And I know that as the day approaches for me to go to a, a church, I have to make sure that I have the right message for the right church. Just like the, 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 the person in the marathon, as the day comes, as he's preparing for that training, as he's preparing for that day, he's making sure everything is in the right place. He's healthy. Is he healthy enough to run the race? He needs to make sure he's getting enough sleep, the right foods. He has to make sure everything is there, ready to go. We need to make sure that we are in the Word of God, that we are ready to go, that we can move forward with the Word of God, that we understand who Jesus is. He's not just the Savior of the world, but He's also your friend. He's someone who wants to stick to you closer than a brother. He wants to be with you and walk with you. I like what it says in, in verse 7, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept my faith. We will have many problems in this life. Many of us have our own spiritual battles to go through. It may be there's a fleshly desire. It may be a trial that God has put us through. Or it may be a trial that someone else has put you through. Regardless, it's very important that we fight the good fight. You will, in the end, come out victorious with your hands raised up in the air, saying, thank you, Jesus. I finished my course. The apostle Paul said, walk by faith, not by sight. Many of us want to walk by sight and not by faith. And that's why our faith keeps going up and down like this. We need to walk by faith. And when we walk by faith, God will bless us. If you walk by sight or if you walk by feelings, let me tell you, you will not feel like a Christian today. Sometimes when I'm down with these children and they are screaming and they are shouting, and if you know Latino kids, they are loud. They are not quiet. And Esther looks at me and I look at her and I say, oh Lord, do I take Tylenol or do I take aspirin? because you just never know what these kids are going to be like, because they are loud. I remember one little boy coming up to me, and he says to me, Uncle, Dio, Uncle. I said, yes. He said, do you think I'm a loud boy, or do you think I'm a quiet boy? And I looked at him, and I says, Diego, I will tell you right from my heart, you are the loudest boy I've ever met in my life. <laughs> he said, good, then Jesus can hear me. 
And I thought, okay, that's why he's loud. He wants Jesus to hear him. We all go through our trials. We all go through our difficulties. We all go through pain. Many of you have been praying for us. As you know, my brother passed away two weeks ago. And we are going through a lot of things right now relating to my brother. And it's hurtful. It's painful. But I thank God that he promised me he would never leave me nor forsake me, and he will carry me through these things. They're holding on to the body for six weeks. His partner doesn't know what to do. One minute she's cremating, next minute she's burying, next minute she's going to scatter. She hasn't a clue what she's doing. And it's hurtful and painful. And so we're going through this whole thing with my other brother, Jimmy. There's only two of us left. And we're going through this saying, what do we do? Where do we go? I said, let's commit it to the Lord. And so we did. My brother thought I was absolutely bonkers. And I said, Lord, we need your discernment here. We need your help. And then the Lord helped me to write a note to her. So I wrote a note to her telling her how I felt and so on. Now she's come back to us and said, well, you were his brother. You deal with it. I said, thank you, Lord. There's the answer. And so now we're, we're able to deal with some things. I think so many times, loneliness and the feeling of being unloved or unwanted can consume us so much. We are not alone. Jesus is right there to lift us up. He will never fail you. He will never fail us. When I think that the Word of God, this is what we live by. This is something that's very precious to us. Remember what it says, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. So important. But the Word of God is a light unto our path. It's the gate to heaven. It's a guide for youth. It's a comfort to the aged. It's food for the hungry. It's water to the thirsty. It's rest for the weary. It's hope for the unbeliever. It's salvation for the sinner, and it's grace for the Christian. And this is something to me that's important, that we understand that the Word of God is a light unto our path. And when you're having your difficulties, when you're having your problems, when you're seeing things that don't seem to work out, turn to the Word of God, because it is a path. It is a light unto our path. He will lead us and direct us. He will never leave us. In John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. There's a lot of work for us to do here in this world. There's people around us that do not know Jesus. There's people around us that don't know that Jesus cares for them. There's people around us that don't know where to turn to, and you are that light. You are the one that can direct them to the light of the world. But many of the times, we just like to step back and say, well, let them carry on and do their thing. We can't do that. We have to step in. And we have to show them. Don't know if I ever told you the story of one day I was down at the supermarket here, and all of a sudden, there was a lady there, and she turned around and she said, oh, my God. And I went and spoke to her, and I said, excuse me, madam. I said, don't be so greedy. He's my God, too. And she kind of looked at me. And she had three children. 
And these three children were mucking around and playing about and, and things like that. And all of a sudden, I, I just said, can you just take these? And Susie took the kids. And from our little conversation, she brought her kids to VBS here. It's amazing what goes on. Just the right words will bring the right thing at the time. And she said, oh my God, I couldn't help it. Don't be so greedy, madam. He's my God too. But what do you mean? Well, he's my savior. He sent his son. His name is Jesus. He became my savior. He became my best friend. It was just amazing. From then, her countenance just changed. I want to do the work that God has called me to do. I want to do the will of my father in sharing him to others. My meat is to do the will of him. When the cyclist completes in a race, he is given a small cup of water to keep him going. That same cup we can compare to the drink at the altar as we, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Asking the Holy Spirit to deliver us. Helping the Holy Spirit to lead us. To finish his work. The work that is called, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each one of us has been called it doesn't say in Scripture, will you please? It says, go, Matthew 28. Go into the world and preach the gospel. We need to spread the gospel. We need to be in prayer. This is the weakest link in the Christian's life today, is prayer. We don't pray enough. We don't seek him enough. And we need to be in prayer. We need to pray for others. We need to pray for the servants in the house of God. We need to pray for our pastors, our elders, our deacons. We need to pray for one another, encourage one another. We need to be there because you never know what the next person is going through. Therefore, we need to pray. God calls each one of us to, be, to a specific duty to accomplish. God places us and uses us in the same way that he will use his disciples or anybody else. I always think of the Word of God being so true to us because it is truth. I look at the Word of God and I put a five-fold use to the Word of God. We need to hold it, hide it in your heart that we might not sin against him. Study. Richard Wormbrand memorized the Word of God. Richard Wormbrand knew what it was to go through suffering when he was in Russia, when he was in the communist world, and when they put him in a small room, standing there for a week at a time, and everything went to his legs, he would literally quote Scripture. Hold on to the Scripture. Hold on to the Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. Study it. Minister to yourself through the study of the Word. This is something that I've learned from my wife Esther, because she's always in the Word of God. I feel sorry for Pastor Josiah when he comes over because she has loads of questions. She has the Bible out. She has the Bible study notes out. My dining room table is literally full of papers. And every time we have visitors, she says to me, do I have to put my binder away? Yes, darling, you do. She's been studying and studying and studying, and she loves to study. And it's important that we study. Apply it. Apply the Word of God. Put it into action. Love thy neighbor as thyself. 
Apply it. Help others. Pray for others. Very important. Rightly divided. Don't let false doctrines come our way. There are too many false teachers out there today that are teaching us wrong things. And I always say, don't believe what I say, but go back to the Word of God and read it for yourself. So important. But it seems as though today people just don't read the Word only on Sunday mornings. We need to be in the Word. Early in the morning I will rise and praise Thee, O Lord. I will seek after Thee. Early in the morning I will praise Your name. Oh, I remember many a time in my home when I would get up early in the morning and I put praise music on and my girls and my wife would say, lower it down. But I couldn't because I was so excited. Now I'm getting older, I have to lower it down. But I still play it and it's wonderful. And then the next thing I put here is to preach it. Take the gospel to the streets. Take it to your workplaces. Take it to your families. So important. Take it. And I think so often we're afraid to share with our families. We're afraid to share with those around us because we don't know how they're going to react. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of who Jesus is. I'm not ashamed of him who loved me and died for me. And therefore, take it to all of those around us. In Hebrews 12 and verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience. Now, I'm the worst one for patience. But we need to have patience. And it seems today as though we don't have patience. Lay aside every weight. This takes an examination of ourselves to look at what's going on the inside of us. Only God and ourselves know what is weighing us down. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Share your burdens with one another that we can pray. So important. It will take prayer to get even further down to diagnose the spiritual dryness and the callousness that can be affecting our souls. For the last two years, we've been in lockdown, more or less. For the last two years, we've been wearing masks. For the last two years, we've been going to church, not going to church, online, not online. And we've been going to, and some people have become dry. That's why it's important that we meet together when we can. That's why it's important that we do not neglect the fellowship of the saints when we can. Of course, we must abide by the law. That's why it tells us in Romans that we pray for those in authority over us. But when we can get together, it's so important. A lot of people have dried up. A lot of people are not in the Word anymore. A lot of people have put it aside. And it's time to get back to the Word of God. Let us run with patience the marathon that's been set before us. Be careful not to start too fast, 
That's what a runner does, isn't it? He makes sure he doesn't start too fast. He has to start just right. And it's the same with us. Make sure that we start at the right place to make sure what we are doing is for the Lord and not for ourselves. I think so often we're afraid. We're afraid of people. We're afraid what to say. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Run that you may obtain. Can you imagine that day when we are running for the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing our faith, telling others about Jesus and who Jesus is? One day when we will see Jesus face to face and he turns around and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of my presence. Or can you, are you a little bit worried and thinking, what's he going to say to me on that last day? It's important that we are right with God and that we are doing what he's called us to do. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gate into the city. Keeping his commandments. Just in the five books of Moses, it's 613 commandments. Gisela knows them all and keeps them all. No, no, not quite. But can you imagine the 10 commandments, the commandments that God has put before us? So important that we have kept the commandments of God. Are you ready for the day when Jesus comes? Are you sharing your faith with those around you? Are you sharing your faith with those that you work with, that you study with? I always remember one day, George Verwer, the founder of Operation Mobilization, and Peter Conlon, these both George Verwey comes from the States, Peter Conlon comes from Birmingham, England, and he was in Bible school, the Birmingham Bible Institute, where I stayed for a while. Both of them changed the word. Remember that song, Onward Christian Soldiers Marching On To War, with the cross of Jesus going on before? They changed the words. Listen very carefully how they changed them. Backward Christian soldiers fleeing from the fight, with the cross of Jesus nearly out of sight. Christ, thy rightful master, stands against the foe, but forward into battle we are loath to go. Like a mighty tortoise moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where we've often trod. We are much divided, many bodies we, having different doctrines and not much charity. Crowns and throngs may perish, kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus hidden doth remain. Gates of hell should never against the church prevail. We have Christ's own promise, but think it will fail. Sit here then, you people. Join our useless throng. Blend with our voices in a feeble song. Blessing, ease, and comfort us from Christ the King. And with our modern thinking, we won't do a thing. We're in a battle. We're in a race. We're getting ready to cross the finishing line. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down, sat down at the right hand of God, the throne of God, looking unto Jesus, keeping their eyes fixed on the mark, keeping their eyes fixed on the prize, that they must keep the goal in view. What is your goal? 
keeping your goal in view. My goal is one day seeing Jesus and him saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Keeping the goal that they should place all of their hope and confidence in Jesus Christ. My goal is to see others come to know Jesus and to be confident in Christ. To come to faith, to understand who Jesus is. From all different nationalities, we have worked in many different countries. We have seen the Lord work in many areas. And now it's time, I think, that here in Oakville, we should do the same. To see others come to know Jesus as their Savior. I remembered as we were singing the song this morning, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. 1969, December of 1969, the elder of the Brethren Church I went to, Mr. Burr, turned around and he says, this is your Bible verse from Isaiah. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then they would give us a song that would go along. And my song was, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I remember it so well. And I remember going into those waters of baptism, fully understanding what I was doing, knowing how my family would react. But I knew that this was the right step. I knew that this is what I needed to do. And since that day, I've kept my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that he is the author and finisher of my faith. I've left the things of the world behind. And I just want to follow him and to do what he's called me to do. Esther and I have committed ourselves into service of the Lord to the day that he calls us home. Someone asked me the other day, when am I going to retire? There's no retirement in God's service. Only time I retire is when he calls me home. And the rewards are far greater than what this world can offer me. And so therefore, Romans 8 and verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Reaching, stretching out, going forward. The other verse that the Lord gave me that has been very dear to my heart is 1 Peter 4, 16. Yet if any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. God has been faithful. I stand before you and I say, God has been faithful. I could have given up very easily. I could have left it all behind. But God has been faithful. My question is, are you faithful to him? Philippians 3, verse 14, pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Pressing. Get to know him, love him, serve him, follow after him. Doing what he's called us to do to reach the lost. Understanding that he has given us a higher calling. And the prize we are running for is the crown of rejoicing. 
a crown of righteousness, the crown that is incorruptible, a crown of glory, a crown of life. That's what we're running for. Are you running the race? Are you keeping your eyes focused? Are your eyes fixed on him? I wish I could take you down to some of these camps that we do. When these people come to know the Lord, they do a 180 degrees turn and they want to serve him. They want to follow him. OM is only a small part in Paraguay. But you through the mission, they have their discipleship training. And they have 40 students that have come so that they can be discipled. Sometimes I think in the churches, we need discipleship programs here on a daily basis so we can train our young people. These young people in Paraguay are, are matched up with the church so that they can help the church also. But one thing's for sure, we're all going for the same crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown that is incorruptible, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. First Peter 5 and verse 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. What a wonderful thing that's going to be. When he shall appear, you'll receive a crown of glory that shall not fadeth away. It's there forever. I get excited. I get excited about my faith. Now, I remember one day, I was in Swiss Chalet. Oh, this was many years ago. We were going to another church at the time, and we were asked to come to Swiss Chalet and to have a meal with this family and a whole bunch of others. And all of a sudden, this mother turned around to me and said, Pastor Steve, when it comes to uh, the meal, would you please pray? And her son looked at me and says, please, Pastor Steve, don't pray loud. I said, why not? He said, I have friends over there that don't know I'm a Christian. You don't say that to Steve Hawkins. And so I said, oh, really? He said, yes. I said, okay. The food came. We all got our plates of chicken, this Christian chicken meal that we have. <laughs> they put it there on the table, and all of a sudden the lady says to me, this mother turned around and said, Pastor Steve, would, would you pray, please? I said, sure. The young man looked at me and said, Father, we thank you for this food. And I prayed so loud that I think everyone in the restaurant kind of bowed their heads again. <laughs> and afterwards, I, he was just about to get into his meal. I said, come with me, young man. He said, where are we going? I said, come with me. So off we went, and I introduced him to his friend. Oh, I said, I think you've got something to say to him. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. So then he turned around and he says, I'm a Christian. I said, sorry, I can't hear you. He said, I'm a Christian. No, I still can't hear you. I'm going deaf. A bit louder. I'm a Christian. And the young man turned around and said, I'm a Christian too. They went back to school and they started a prayer meeting in the school and a youth meeting after school. 
And he saw, between the two of these young guys, they saw over 150 come to the Lord over the time that they were in their school. Folks, we have been commissioned to share our faith. We've been commissioned to go out there. And just remember what your reward will be when that day we see Jesus face to face. God's coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I can't wait. Are you doing what God has called us to do? Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more sermons, blogs, and other resources, you can check out our website, oakridgebiblechapel.org. To listen to our weekly podcast, Word Processing, you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting platform. Remember, you can always join us in person or on our live stream at 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. Thanks for watching.